And I just thank you for being here. Let's go ahead and look to the Lord with a word of prayer. We'll get started. Father, we are so thankful for your presence this morning. And we are thankful for your energy, the thing that you bring to us to be able to, pretty much like Brother Vic said, get us up in the morning. We thank you for enabling us through the power of the Spirit to do what we do. Lord, we now pray that you make us sensitive to your words, not the words that I use, but your words, Lord, that you help to teach us and enlighten us. And we thank you for always being present. We know that where two or more are gathered, you are indeed present in your name. Thank you, Lord. We ask all these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. I want you to please accept my sincere thanks to all of you in expressing condolences to me and to my lovely bride on the passing of my mother. I've had some time to reflect on her life and on the things that mattered most to her. She graduated from John Adams High School in Cleveland in 1958. And around the time that me and my brother were born, she began a career at Ford Motor Company as a key punch operator. From there, she became an administrator who provided the support for all of the Northeast Ohio Lincoln Mercury dealerships. Her greatest satisfaction was helping sales associates at the dealerships with promptness and precision. Her 30-year career with Ford involved working in Cleveland at the Grant Avenue office, the Walton Hills stamping plant, and moves to Cincinnati and Detroit. She enjoyed her work and the responsibility that came with it. She also enjoyed time with family and loved music and roller skating. In the early 80s, my mother and I checked out a few Thursday evening roller skating sessions at, these are names from the past for some of you who skate, Southgate Skates, and Saturday trips to United States of America. And that was the one in Wickler. She was very young. Some of you have seen a photo of her. So much so that she even fooled Lynn when she saw us at the rink together for the first time. She didn't know that was my mother. She looked a lot younger than that. It's really a shame that Alzheimer's disease and dementia began to dominate her mind not long after her retirement from Ford. The things that she enjoyed doing were slowly replaced with her becoming more of a homebody. She had a couple of dogs that she would walk in the neighborhood, but that became more difficult over time. She watched movies and did some reading to keep up with the news, and of course listened to music, but relied more often on listening to the radio. During my appointment with the funeral home to make arrangements for my mother's funeral, the representative asked if we wanted an organist to provide music or if we wanted to provide our own. Well, that was a no-brainer. Lynn and I both knew that my mother's love of music needed acknowledgement for the upcoming service. So I put together a playlist of music that reflects her love of R&B and what could be deemed as roller skating music. Even during her years of decline, she would often sing her words when she did speak. Now that's not an uh, unusual phenomenon. In a study published in Brain, Life, Brain and Life magazine in 2015, European researchers 
examined a group of people with Alzheimer's disease by using brain imaging technologies and compared them with young, healthy participants. The scientists found that the areas of the brain that encode musical memory show very little damage in Alzheimer's. Alzheimer patients are often given music therapy in an effort to have the patient relax, reduce frustration, promote positive emotional behavior, and help improve self-esteem, all of which may help to slow the effects of the disease. Music in all forms arouses, stimulates, and organizes many areas of the brain. It explains how music can stimulate our own memories when we hear songs that remain meaningful for us. Have you ever wondered how you may not know any or all of the lyrics of a song and yet you have a wonderful grasp of the actual music, the tune itself? You may not even know the lyrics, but the tune stays with you. The recall of music often has an emotional connection. It can be attributed to people and places. When we listen to music or pull up our playlist, it actually reinforces those memories even more. You know, when you hear a song, it actually makes you think about a time in the past, something that was going on before that, it, for whatever reason, that song pops up, you immediately think about, that's where I was at that moment at that time. You may not even know the lyrics, but you know the song. But that's how our brain works. Music is within the fiber of our very being. We will see the importance of the impact of music and how it begins with how, first of all, we were all created in the image of God. Please turn your Bibles and electronic devices to Genesis chapter 1, and let's look at verses 26 and 27. Genesis 1, verses 26 and 27. While I find my sweet spot here, maybe this is it. Genesis 1, verses 26 and 27. I'll be reading from the NIV version. Genesis 1, verse 26. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. And in verse 27, so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. We are all in the image of and likeness of God. And music is a gift of God. And he, as the uncreated creator, uses these words to describe the foundation of the earth. You don't have to turn to it, but Job 38.7 in the King James Version says, When the morning stars sang together, and all the sons of God shouted for joy. And note the words of the Lord that he uses to describe the culmination of his eventual return. I want you to turn to Isaiah 35. Isaiah 35, for this one. Isaiah 35, verse 10. 
Isaiah 35, verse 10. Isaiah 35, verse 10. This is from the English Standard Version. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain gladness and joy. And sorrow and sighing shall flee away. It has a musical flavor to it. What's being said here? In our faith, God has given us the ability to appreciate the beautiful sounds of music. And the deep effect that it has upon us. We heard beautiful music being played and performed here this morning. And it really just instills something within you to hear that. Now scripture, of course, provides substantial references to music in it. Psalms, the largest of the book of songs, makes up over 7% of the Old Testament. The Song of Solomon is where we'll find more songs and poetry. The book of Ecclesiastes has more references to songs and music. Revelation, in chapter 5 and chapter 7, those are lyrics in those chapters for music. In Matthew 26, verse 30, Jesus and the disciples were singing a hymn together. Acts chapter 16, verse 25, Paul and Silas sung hymns while they were in prison. Music. Moses wrote three songs that are recorded in the Old Testament. Did you know that? He wrote about the victory of the Israelites over Pharaoh's army in Exodus chapter 15, verses 1 through 18. He wrote about the faithfulness of God in the face of Israel's rebellion in Deuteronomy 32, verses 1 to 43. And he wrote also a prayer noted in Psalm 90. David wrote about half of the 150 songs in the book of Psalms. And he appointed the Levitical musicians that oversaw the temple worship and the playing of instruments that we read about in 1 Chronicles chapter 25. But let's look at another example of that. Go to 2 Chronicles chapter 5. 2 Chronicles 5, and let's look at verses 13 and 14. 14. A lot of people don't really know, or maybe they do know, but they just don't talk about it much, that David was very much uh, a musician. In addition to being king, in addition to all those things, he, was, he actually created and invented instruments to be used for music. But Second Chronicles 5, verses 13 and 14, this will be from the New Living Translation. Verse 13, Second Chronicles 5. The trumpeters and musicians joined in unison to give praise and thanks to the Lord. Accompanied by trumpets, cymbals, and other instruments, the singers raised their voices in praise to the Lord and sang, He is good. His love endures forever. Now look at this. Then the temple of the Lord was filled with the cloud, and the priests could not perform their service because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled the temple of God. Look at how God responds when we give him sincere praise and worship in music and song. I hope you can see that here. 
there are many other locations in Scripture about music, its use and expression, and how it is an important part of worship. That's what we do here. But let's focus on how we are to be guided by the Holy Spirit and express ourselves to the Lord with music. Now we're talking about what we should be doing. I want you to go to Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to look at the second part of verse 18 and then move over into verse 20. Ephesians 5, a verse you should or may be familiar with. The second part of verse 18 and then go to verse 20. And when it says here in the passage about being filled with the Spirit, we already know that we have the indwelling Spirit within us because we become believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. But we have to activate and allow that Spirit to work within us as we worship because we can just as easily turn off the switch and not allow the Spirit to work in us. But let's look at verse 18, the second part of verse 18. Instead, be filled with the Spirit... Speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Note the emphasis of making music from your heart to the Lord. Music from your heart to the Lord. That is how we are wired to worship him. Amen? That is how we're wired to worship him. Music should be a huge part of our worship. And I'll just say it directly, your worship. He loves the music that comes from those who have a heart for him. He loves our music that is shared in the spirit with adoration and appreciation for him. Go to Colossians 3, please. Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. And we're going to look at verses 15 through 17. And once again, we're going to see another New Testament reference to how we are to approach music and song as we go about our worship. Verse 15, Colossians 3. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Let's start there. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. You know, Burger King has a commercial out there that says, you know, you rule <laughs> if you if you want to eat some Burger King, right? But you make a decision as to who's in charge in your life. Christ is or yourself. Christ or the flesh. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts, and whatever you do, whatever, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. 
let's face it, our worship is all about Jesus. It's all about who he is. It's all about what he's done for us. It's all about who he has been, who he is, and who he will be for us. And we should be totally devoted to that worship for him. So here's a summary of the passage we just read. First, we are called to peace in Christ. That's the first part of it. Second, we are called to be thankful through any and all circumstances. We have to make it a point to be thankful in any and all circumstances. Good, bad, happy, sad. Be thankful. And third, we are called to gratitude as we speak and sing to one another in the power of the Holy Spirit. Are you grateful? Are you grateful for what Jesus has done? Are you grateful for where you are today? Are you grateful? You know, I can veer off on this message and talk about how so many people are just not thankful for anything. They're not grateful. I'm not going to do that. Because we don't want to dwell on that. We as believers need to be thankful. We need to live peaceably and we need to be grateful. We are hardwired by God to communicate with him and with each other through music. Now, after going over this message and frankly wrestling over the importance and relevance of music from the heart, it gave me pause as to the significance of one's life experience with music and why it is so deeply ingrained within us. I mean, my mother, she was singing until almost the very end, words. Even when the doctor was coming by to try to give an exam, because at the end she was kind of resisting anybody really putting her hands on her, trying to take her blood pressure, doing stuff like that. But one, one account that I have, one of the nurses is like, she was getting ready to do take her blood pressure. She said, no, I don't want you to. <laughs> because it came out musically. But that's what she knew. That's how she could express herself. But music is was deeply ingrained within her. But it's also just as important for us to recognize, just as it is ingrained within us, how much God truly loves our communication with him. He wants us to communicate with him in words and in music. Our messages within our heart for the Lord when delivered to him in songs and in moments of prayer are indeed sweet sounds. Sweet sounds. Now I want to challenge those of you who believe that you have no musical talent or inclination. No names, but I want to challenge you with this. I want you to know and understand that everyone has music built within you. You've got music built within you because you were created in the image of God. You have the ability to think and process about music. Now, it doesn't mean you're going to go out and write a symphony. It doesn't mean you're going to go out and sing like the singers we see in performers. It has nothing to do with that, but you can process it. You can understand it. You know what it is. I'm speaking about the internal aspect of worshiping Jesus Christ from your heart. From your heart. 
And ladies know how to do this probably better than guys do. Guys have to work our way up to it sometimes. Because sometimes it's, you guys I don't worry about it, because I saw you guys during worship and praise time. You were, you were singing, you didn't care who was listening. And that's good, because you shouldn't. Because at the end of the day, if you start you know, feeling about yourself more, you're going to be less likely to speak up. But that's not what God wants from you. He wants you to speak. He wants you to share how you're feeling. Worshiping Jesus from the heart. The scripture is quite clear as to how everyone is to approach God. With music and singing, it has to come from the heart. It's got to be a deep down, reaching in, pulling out, sharing. That's what true worship really is. Worshiping about who you are. Your relationship with Jesus Christ is a one-on-one relationship. It's your unique experience. And as in any relationship, it is growing and developing. And it should be growing and developing. Amen? Still improving. Your task is to sit quietly with the Lord as often as necessary and express yourself to him from your heart. As often as necessary. That's what true worship really is. It's not just on Sunday morning. It's not just when you're listening to the radio or listening to praise music. This is coming from you. At first, it might be words like that. (laughs) But over time, it may grow and develop as words, maybe even as poetry, and maybe with music as well, too. Your personal communication with the Lord will be a collection of sweet sounds to him. You better believe that. There's a reason why we say those words. Go to Psalm 135. I want to give you a couple of examples in Scripture about that as we go forward. Psalm 135, look at verse 3. Psalm 135, verse 3. First of all, we need to understand that the Lord wants this because it's good for you to do it. (laughs) It's a good thing. He wants praise. He wants your sincere praise. Because what you're doing in praising him is appreciating him for who he is. And nobody's going to make you do this. You're going to have to want to do it. I can talk about this all day long, but I can't make you do anything you don't want to do. That's how the gospel message is, too. I can't make somebody get saved. They have to determine they want to be saved. It's not about coercion. Psalm 135, verse 3, NIV version. Praise the Lord, for the Lord is good. Sing praise to his name, for that is pleasant. Well, there's all kinds of good things that are wrapped up in those words, isn't it? The Lord's goodness, it's pleasant to do it, it's good to do it, it's healthy to do it, it's a way of reinforcing your relationship with him. I want to point out something here that's very important for those of you who are not as musically inclined. 
in spite of others and what around you and what they might tell you if you open your mouth or sing, it's highly appropriate for you to sing out loud from time to time. Now, y'all ain't got to, no, don't do that. It's highly appropriate for you to sing out loud once in a while. Remember, no names now. Even for those of you who don't think you can carry a tune or carry a note, well, that's just your pride. I'm going to be honest with you. That's just your pride talking because the Lord wants you to praise his name. Hey, pretend like you're singing in the shower, okay? I mean, do what you got to do where everything sounds better. Everything sounds better in the shower. Amen? But you're giving praise nonetheless. In all seriousness, a person who is off-key giving praise to the Lord sounds more like Luciano Pavarotti to him. So you might sound like you're off-key, but the Lord just says, Thank you for the praise, brother. Thank you, sister. He just wants to hear the true believer of Jesus sing and speak outwardly of his goodness and do it openly while in fellowship. So I guess what I expect to hear the next time we get together with praise and music and worship is to hear everybody singing. We'll hear all different kinds of sounds coming out, and some might be in key and some might not be, but the bottom line is that the Lord loves every bit of it. He loves every bit of it. That's right, making a joyful noise. That's right. It may sound like noise, but it's going to be a joyful noise. Amen? Go to Psalm 40. Let's take a look at Psalm 40, verse 3. Psalm 40, verse 3. This music that we have comes through the Spirit. The Spirit puts it on our hearts and minds to worship. He gives us the desire to say, praise the Lord. Verse 3, Psalm 40, he put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. One thing you need to understand about your worship and praise, other people are watching. Other people are watching. You know, this whole thing about gathering together in church every Sunday, it means that we gather together for the purpose of worship and praise, but not everybody is always on board with what's going on. But now here you are coming and giving praise and worship. It's like, well, that guy just had a, a bad accident happen in his life and weird things are going on and all that. And here he is. He's standing up here praising the Lord. Makes you think about, how come you're not doing it? That's a good thing. Other people are watching. Let the Spirit give you a song. Let him put words on your heart. Now flip over to Psalm 95, verses 1 and 2. Psalm 95, verses 1 and 2. And by the way, the examples I'm giving here, they are numerous. They're all over Scripture. These are just examples. 
But we're looking at not just doing it for the sake of doing it, of course. We're looking at the mindset of a believer as you trust more and more in who Jesus is in your life. Psalm 95, verses 1 and 2. Verse 1, NIV version. Come, let us sing joy, sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. You're giving of yourself for Jesus. Now the focus in the second part of this message will be on the sounds in your heart and mind pertaining to prayer. Because we've talked about music, but your prayer is just as important. Prayer is any communication that you make with the Lord. Any communication. We sometimes formalize prayer. Having conversations with God is something you do all day long. Amen? And prayer is conversation that you're having just like you're having with your next door neighbor or having with a friend of yours or whatever it is. But that's the type of communication should be taking place all day long. Any words that come. In the same manner that your thoughts, listen very carefully, your thoughts are audible within your mind. Amen? When you think something, they're in the form of words, and they're in your mind. You don't say them, but in the same manner that you're thinking, those same thoughts are directed to the Lord because you're praying. He knows your thoughts. He knows what's going on in your head. You ever wonder how sometimes when you're, when you're praying or thinking, sometimes Satan will try to put stuff in, your, in the way to keep you from praying? I've had that happen to me too. It's like, what am I thinking about? No, I'm serious, but that's, that's exactly what happens. This is a real thing we're talking about. That everyone knows what I'm saying when I say that. Because Satan doesn't want you to have a healthy relationship with Jesus. He wants you to keep on thinking those thoughts. Whatever they are. And you have to stop yourself. And what I've found that works is singing a song in my head. Because that works. And that works for me, and it probably will work for you too. But that's really important for us to recognize. My lovely bride and I attended last year's Christian and Missionary Alliance conference named Resonate 2023. The word resonate has a number of meanings related to a characteristic of sound. But the one that jumps out to me is to make, hear, or understand a deep, full sound. To resonate is to make, hear, or understand a deep, full sound. The sounds of prayer that come from your heart should resonate with your Heavenly Father. Because they're impactful. Your prayers of devotion are the sweet sounds that He enjoys hearing from you. Resonate. That's a great word. Have you ever looked at your prayers and you're singing to Jesus in this manner? You should. How we live begins with whether or not you or I have a heart for God. 
if there is no heart for God and all candor, the sounds are not pleasing to God. Please go to Galatians chapter 5. Let's take a look at verses 19 through 21. And this is where we have to decide as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ how we're going to live. We've got to make a determination. And Galatians 5 talks about this in verses 19 through 21. Now I'll be reading from the New Living Translation, but I want you to follow along in your version. And you've seen this before. Galatians 5, verses 19 to 21. I try to remember to say it. Sometimes I just start talking. and Every now and and then my wife will look at me and say, What verse? I didn't say it. Galatians 5, verses 19 to 21. Verse 19. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Something that you all have known about, recognized for what it is. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Let me tell you something right now. Every single thing that I read about and found, you can find on social media. Every single one of them. And you don't have to look hard, and you don't have to look far. Because they're all there. And we have a generation of kids coming up under us, and maybe even adults, that are addicted to social media. So guess what you have to do? It's more than just TV. TV's, you know, TV has its own stuff, but you know what? You know, people make a habit to go get Netflix and look at what they want to look at. I don't have Netflix. I know I'm a weird dude. But I don't have Netflix. And I got to tell you something. I'm not trying to veer off. Stay with me. You have to choose what to watch. You got to choose what you're listening to. You know what I had on TV last night? I had on a buzzer TV. Buzzer TV honoring black game show greats. So I saw the Supremes last night. I saw Barry Gordy Jr. I saw the jazz musician who plays the, I can't even remember what he plays now, the bagpipes. <clears throat> there were all kinds of wonderful things on last night on TV, but you have to choose to find it and watch it. And that's what we as believers need to do. We need to be disciplined. Discipline ourselves. The bottom line here is that when you fail to involve the Holy Spirit in your life and choose to live according to your flesh, all of these desires that we just read are rooted in what? Selfishness and pridefulness. Selfishness and pridefulness, which is the exact opposite of giving him praise. Your life is to be a life that resonates with Jesus and also encourages others to stay the course and follow your example. You set the example. 
I said I wasn't going to raise my voice. But you set the example. It starts with you. You do the right thing. You do the next right thing. That's what we need more of. Set the example. It all starts in living with constant prayer as Jesus leads the way. Let him lead you. Prayer and praise is a very sweet sound from the believer that loves Jesus. He wants to hear your prayers. He wants to hear the music in your heart. Remember, he desires our prayers. He welcomes our praise. Go to Proverbs 15. Proverbs 15. Let's look at verse 29. Proverbs 15, verse 29. And we're going to drop down to verse 33 after that. Now, I'm going to read from the New American Standard Bible version. But follow along in yours. Proverbs 15, verse 29. The Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayer of the righteous. He hears the prayer of the righteous. Now drop down to verse 33. The fear of the Lord is the instruction for wisdom. And before honor comes humility. Humility. And please remember that a humble heart before the Lord goes a long way. A humble heart before the Lord goes a long way. Because that means you're ready to listen to him. You're ready to hear what he has to say. You're not ready to tell him what you want. You're ready to listen to him and receive what he's given you. Now is the time to search your hearts and minds as to what the Lord hears from you. Does he hear sweet sounds? Does he hear sweet sounds coming from you? Does he hear from you something else that is not so appealing? I'll just put myself out there for you. I think he hears sweet sounds sometimes, and sometimes he probably doesn't hear what he wants to hear. Because we all have flesh that we have to wrestle with. So you don't have to mention anything. I'll just put myself out there. We all struggle with this stuff. We come under the authority of a very patient, long-suffering God. Amen? We know this. He is very patient. He is very long-suffering. The importance of humility in the believer is to come under his authority and repent from our acts of selfishness and pridefulness. Sometimes we just have to say, Lord, I repent. Go to Colossians 3. Colossians chapter 3. We'll look at verses 5 and 6. Now, we say that the Lord is patient, but we have to understand, we must understand, we always need to recognize that this is not an open-ended patience. There is an end coming to all of this. And that's in prophecy. I mean, that's in Scripture. There's an end coming to this. So I want you to keep this in mind. Colossians 3, verses 5 and 6 
Verse 5, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. And I'm saying this only because it's not about a scare tactic. It's reality. Jesus came the first time around to be our Savior for salvation. The next time he's coming with a sword as a judge. So remember this. Ladies and gentlemen, pray for anybody you know who doesn't know Jesus because the time is short. The wrath of God is coming. And prayerfully and and with the understanding we have about Scripture, we as believers in Jesus do not have to experience his wrath. We're not appointed to wrath according to Scripture. But those who don't know Jesus... What's left? I'm offering this passage similar to Galatians 5 for the sole purpose of reinforcing how important it is to do what is right. Do what's right. Let's not test out the Lord's patience. He's very clear in his messaging. I want you to go to Matthew chapter 4. I want to look at something that is important for us to see. Because the time is now. You know, Jesus uh, did what he was called to do, was obedient to the Father and came and did what he did. But effective pretty much from all time, God has always put put himself out there for us to understand about his goodness. But he makes a declaration here at the end of this passage. Matthew 4, verses 13 through 17. Verse 13. Leaving Nazareth, he, being Jesus, went and lived in Capernaum, which was by the lake in the area of Zebulun and Naphtali, to fulfill what was said through the prophet Isaiah. Land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali, the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, The people living in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of the shadow of death. A light has dawned. Verse 17, from that time on, Jesus began to preach. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. That's the message. The kingdom of heaven is coming near. Jesus wants every believer to pray and sing with sweet sounds that resonate with him. Recognizing he's coming soon. He'll be back. He'll be here. Express your love for Jesus in songs, hymns, and spiritual songs to him. Make a joyful noise for him as you let your actions follow your words of praise. Make it your focus to live every moment for Jesus and be a sweet sound in his ear. I'm not going to sing today. I made a promise. But I Love You, Lord, is the song that a lot of you are very familiar with. Lori Klein wrote the lyrics to this. Who knows the words to I Love You, Lord? You guys know it. Why don't you guys sing it for me then? Go ahead and start singing. Can you sing it? You're not afraid to sing now, are you? (laughs) 
If I start you out, will it be okay? I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship you, O my soul, rejoice, take joy, my Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your goodness. And we thank you for truth because we need to hear the truth about what you want to hear from us. Lord, we thank you for giving us the ability to process music the way we do and appreciate it and how it sticks with us. And Lord, may we always project sweet sounds to you for you to hear from us. May we always do the next right thing and give you the worship and praise as we go. We thank you, Lord, for giving us attention to this very important area, how you really do indeed keep us and give us what we need to understand when it comes to music. And the music that we hear helps us to give you praise more and more. Lord, we thank you for the reminder of how you indeed give us the Holy Spirit to recognize your presence and help us to do those things necessary to give you the glory and praise. Thank you, Lord, for helping us to see that the sounds we make can be sweet sounds as we recognize you. Bless us and keep us, Lord, and we give you thanks and praise in Jesus' precious name. Amen. First Corinthians chapter 11, but before I even say that, there are a lot of things in this world today where people just don't take things seriously sometimes.